I'm Julia Sherbakov, and this is Impact Journey. Conversations with hidden heroes making big societal change. For my first conversation, I'm proud to welcome Melissa Alvarado. Melissa has inspired me for years in how she lives and works. At UN Women, she works with governments around the world to end violence against women. The challenge she's up against is multi-generational, unglamorous, and yet she approaches her work and personal life with energy, poise, and commitment. In our conversation, we explore how her Quaker family background prepared her to tackle difficult challenges and the conversations we wish we'd had when we were younger. I'm so curious, did you see someone modeling this in your life or are you inventing it as you go along? I mean, I I have a couple answers to that. I mean, one, I come from a long line of people that are really into social justice. I come from a family that's Quaker. Um, oh, okay. And, you know, Quakers are you know really just focused on social social justice and equality. It was sort of a natural for me to eventually become a social worker. But then I got really interested in violence against women, um, just because of my own experiences of you know being exposed to violence within my friend circle. You know, myself personally, like I don't know anyone who hasn't you know at one point been sexually harassed or you know, exposed to violence in, you know, in our relationships. Like, it's just every woman I know, almost every woman I know has had this experience. And and I realized that when I was about 19. That made me so mad. And that, to me, was just such an an, an unjust phenomenon that I just could not abide. And I really felt like this is something that I have to work to change. But, yeah, it took me a while to kind of, get the courage to face it because it is something so big and dark and ugly and just omnipresent, you know, like mm-hmm. it really is just all around us. When I was living in New York City, I started volunteering as an advocate for survivors of violence, mostly domestic violence and, and rape and sexual assault. And I just quickly fell in love with that. I absolutely fell in love with that. And I realized, like, this is fantastic. I love, I mean, it's dark and it's awful. And it's, but I I found that there's a real beauty in being able to to be with someone in, in really their sort of darkest hours. And I really fell in love with that. So while I was doing that, I met this one woman, another social worker who trained me and, and eventually became a mentor for me in other ways, I saw her starting to, like, A, yes, the way she conducted herself, the way she was so strong and just passionate and, you know, firm and yet really giving. But I also saw her start to start working abroad and doing work in crisis settings. And that sort of sparked my interest and made me think, like, okay, that would be really cool. And so once I got good at what I was doing, once I felt like I've got these skills, I started to think like maybe I could be useful and sort of export these skills and take these skills 
you know, to places where they, they have fewer people doing that. And so, yeah, so then I started doing that. Uh, so I met a couple of mentors along the way who really made me feel like this was possible. So, yeah, having seeing someone yeah. do it. But, I mean, I, I might have just stayed a social worker in New York City um, or wherever I was living, you know, because I did love that. I did enjoy that. But I did start to feel like I wanted to have a bigger impact, not just help. 30 people, mm. you know, a month, for example, but I wanted to help hundreds and thousands. Mm-hmm. And my clients are in more countries, you know. Wow. And that's, it's so interesting because there's two phenomenon in what you said that I just want to, that I, I think are unexpected to me. Mm-hmm. One is, is the kind of the Quaker background and, and the fact that you had kind of almost a mindset that you grew up with that was already quite humble and service oriented and made quite clear what's important. And, and there, it sounds like there came a time where that's a mindset. It's a way to approach life, but then you kind of then need the thing to, to then, um, the problem to solve. Right. And then that came across your life (laughs) and your friend's lives and other, you know, all kinds of women. So it's kind of like this joining of, having a set of, of values and then having a cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's true. Like, like most of the people in my family are really socially minded. They're also like incredibly active and vocal environmental activists. That was the other sort of aspect of my upbringing. It was, you know, in the 1970s, we were washing and reusing our foil and, you know, plastic wow. tags and like, <laughs> like hyper conscious of like water conservation and everyone in my family is like that wow that's amazing so um, you really had an example of like if you care about something you do something about it oh yeah in our family it's about living your values well this is sort of my destiny you know you know for me it was it wasn't until more recently that i i realized i wanted to have kind of a very values driven life and then I also yeah. needed kind of that cause to, to a, not to attach to, but kind of the, you know, the problem to solve. And then the set of skills yeah. to solve it, I think, right? That's the third factor that you had also, yeah. right? You kind of had social work and psychology as your, you know, you actually have so- something you can bring to this. Um, and, right. f- and for me, it was almost kind of, inevitable maybe that it went into business right because as I was you know working for years in business strategy and kind of always asking myself the questions of what are we really doing here what's the real problem we're solving and when I got a bit closer to okay well what are my values what's the problem I want to solve and then how am I going to solve it well I'm going to solve it through kind of from the inside right through business yeah if we're lucky we can take the skills and motivations and you know, dreams and ambitions that we have and pour them into something that's productive and makes us, you know, feel good while hopefully we're trying to do something that's, that's, yeah, good for others too. Yeah, and I love what you said about Um, destiny. I mean, there's something about that, right, which is what we were exposed to, what we know how to do. And maybe that's what I mean by integrity, is kind of us living things in a way that's kind of in line with where the universe is, is telling us to, we can be useful. And I love what you said about being useful. Yeah. Not everyone is driven by those things. You know, I appreciate that, you know, there's certain types of people like you and I 
have something in common there where we feel like, yeah, we want to be contributing to the, the wider good. There's plenty of people out there that are working very, very hard to improve the lot of the extremely wealthy and by, by whatever means they can. You know, that's also why I want to recognize the, the people who are actually asking the hard questions of what's the real difficult issue to solve that's not necessarily going to give me glory and or money or whatever those kind of external factors are that are ego yeah for sure driven. for sure yeah well this is not work that you do because you're after you know fame for sure or glory you do this because your heart's in it. and and it's really it's really i don't know it's great to be in a profession where I'm surrounded by a lot of sort of like-minded people. Today I was in the elevator at work and I spoke with this woman briefly whose focus is on child labor. And I thought, there's so many incredible people who I'm surrounded by who choose to spend their time on really hard things, really hard and ugly things. You know, my colleagues that work on trafficking in person, Mm -hmm. you know, child abuse and (laughs) child labor. And, you know, there's just, so many dark, ugly things. And and I think what's interesting, and, and I was really, the other thing in your in what you were saying earlier that really was a bit of an aha and unexpected for me, too, is when you decided to take what you're doing to a bigger stage. And you recognize the systems issue behind it, right? That, mm-hmm. that yes. it's not kind of a one-to-one, one-by-one problem to be solved, but a... Um, a systemic issue that we need bigger entities and bigger kind of much bigger like a global scale collaboration to solve yeah for sure yeah and I mean I, I thank in many ways my social work background for that which gave me a kind of just thinking I mean there's, there's lots of things in my social work background that did not prepare me well for the work I'm currently doing <laughs> That I've had to really just sort of, you know, pull it together and, and learn a lot along the way. Um, but I'm really, I'm very grateful for the grounding that I did get in this type of systems thinking and, you know, community approaches that I can apply sort of at different levels of society. You know, I did not train to work on the international stage. I trained to work with individuals and communities and groups. Um, but I've been able to apply that type of thinking, you know, to this, you know, the, the, the places that I'm working at, the levels that I'm working at. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been able to, to bring about some, some new ideas, and, and I love that. My last question on this, too, because it's something I ask myself a lot, um, too, when dealing with kind of these big issues that may not be solved in our lifetime and trying to do that with integrity and keeping a sense of self throughout it all. How do you stay sane and grounded and not get overwhelmed with it all? And Well, I mean, it's a big question and I, I probably have a big answer to it. I mean, look, the, the, so the work, you know, any work on, on violence against women children, I mean, just violence in general, it's, you know, by nature, it's upsetting. Yeah. And, and I think it takes real work and skill to be able to manage that and to stay at it. And 
And so I think it's something that requires a lot of active attention, you know, like, like, you know, and, and I think I used to be perhaps better at it. I was working in conflict zones and humanitarian zones. I was probably a bit more focused on it because you just had to be for your survival and your, your sanity. Mm-hmm. But now that I've got kids and, you know, a family, yeah. and like all these other people to think about, um, yeah, I, I'm probably less focused on it. But I mean, I think I think I have a few key strategies. So I mean, one, like trying to find balance and maintaining some boundaries is is crucial. Yeah, you're right. Um, and there's there's something almost there's like this tension, right? Of the problems we're trying to solve are so big and so urgent. Like we can't move quickly enough. So there's just not enough hours in the day. To, to get it yeah. all done, but at the same time, if we burn out, we won't be able to do it. Yeah, burnout is real, and I, I do find myself in a burnout place. And I, I manage a team, and so I really try to foster a healthy, you know, environment in that team for everybody in it, but also, I mean, for myself too, you know. And that's amazing, because that's another example of, you know, what I really admire about you is kind of that sense of integrity, right? Because you believe in making women's lives better. So you're also going to practice that and just even how you manage your own team yeah. too. Yeah. But uh, you know, more than anything, I'm, I'm just so grateful for you and to know you. I'm so happy to have been able to talk to you. I mean, you're the type of person I wish I'd known earlier in my life. And these are the types of conversations I wish I'd had earlier in my life. Um, yeah. I know what you mean. Well, and you know, maybe just to close, um, this conversation. I mean, I think what I've learned later in life and the thing that I wish I had understood better in life or seen even as a child was girls and women really championing other girls and women. Mm, Yeah. I feel like that is what I did not have a lot of exposure to when I was young. And I think that also goes for us as adult women. You know, I think that now, you know, what I, what I really love about the Me Too movement which has, you know, been been horrible in its revelations about the scale of, of sexual harassment and violence against women. But the but the, the silver lining is in it is that I think that women have said, okay, we see that we need to be supporting each other. Like we are not doing well enough. Yeah, we're other women. we're on the same team. Yes, we're mm-hmm. on the same team, and we need to we need to stand up for each other. We need to speak out for each other. We need to back each other up. And I think that a lot of that's come out in like sort of boardrooms and, and corporate, you know, sort of senior management level or just, you know, um, team meetings where, you know, women are saying like, look, we're going to team up and rather than let the men, you know, shoot us down, we're going to back each other up. And when you have a good idea, I'm going to suck at what you say. I'm going to echo you because there's such a tendency for men to dismiss, you know, the good ideas that women are bringing or to claim it as their own or whatever. So we're going to strategize around that and we're going to, you know, we're going to try and transform this culture of silencing women or diminishing women if we open ourselves up to yeah championing other women and recognizing what's amazing about what they're doing i think we'll all just get where we want to go a lot faster well on that note um i'll let you go and i just want to thank you so much this is pleasantly surprising and unexpected and much deeper than i thought actually um, than it was going to be. And I think that's, that's just a testament to, 
to you and who you are and your thoughtfulness, but mostly that the fact that you're, you know, you've had this very positive effect on me and, and it's one of the reasons, you know, that I'm doing what I'm doing. That's great. I'm so happy to hear that, Julia. And, and you know, thank you for your acknowledgement. That's very kind of you. And I, I appreciate your, um, yeah, the approach that you're taking and, and yes, your, your interest and, you know, your, um, yeah, interest in understanding what, what's making people tick and what, what, what's motivating them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to reflect back to you the, the gratitude and um, <laughs> Thank you. thanks for your interest and thanks for thanks for the conversation. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I appreciate taking time to reflect as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something I've enjoyed too. So thank you for, for being so positive. And you, Julia, I mean, someday I'm going to interview you. How do you stay so positive? That's going to be my question for you. <laughs> Where do you get all this positivity from? <laughs> it's great. We'll have to do a separate, another whole conversation on that. I'll have to think about it. Yeah, yeah. I'll interview you next time. Okay, sounds good. I want to give a big thanks to Melissa Alvarado for her reflections. You can follow her work on Twitter at Melissa UN Women. This has been Impact Journey. Thank you for joining. See you next time.